All right, welcome to another week of Ranting and Braving. I'm your co-host, Kellen, and I'm with my good friend and fellow Braves fan, coast to coast, Eric Marcus. Eric, happy to be a, happy to be here. I'm yes, excited. it's been a it's been a few weeks. Mm-hmm. It's been a time. What's uh what's been going on? Um, you know, I I mean, not too much. The weather being crazy. Um, we don't typically get weird weather out here in California, but we've had snow. Um, there's houses near where we live that are covered in snow and people needing to be evacuated and we're just not used to that in California. We're used to sunshine and rainbows and things like that and we're not getting that. Yeah, sunshine and rainbows. Um <laughs> We, uh, yeah, we were supposed to get some severe weather last night and we got maybe three cracks of thunder. I planned my whole day around it. It was exhausting and frustrating. So oh, yeah, imagine, imagine, imagine a time, man, where we were talking spring training baseball and California under several inches of snow in the, the same time. Yeah. That's well, nuts so like to me. Last weekend, I wake up in the morning and the Braves have their first spring training game. So I'm watching the spring training game. And I look out the window and there's snow hanging out on the top of our roof. I'm like, whoa, that's cool. So I'm taking pictures because we don't get that out here. And then we drove out to visit my aunt and uncle. And it's, I mean, it's pouring rain. Like cars are slowly trudging their way through the freeway. So yeah, last week was probably the weirdest weather I've experienced in a long time. This, I mean, since then, it's kind of mellowed out. We've had a couple days of sun now. I mean, not sun. It's not hot but it's cold it's been cold but it's but yeah it's weird but i'm watching these games i'm like and that's why we moved to florida because it's sunny there but i'm sure it's not always sunny it's just sunny right now but yeah sunny and slightly warmer than it is everywhere else yeah which is good for the boys yeah so we've uh we've had a week of spring training officially mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. it is we are recording this saturday we've had a full week of games snap judgments quick reactions observations what have you got um well i mean in general the braves look good um they don't look like i it's hard to say because the thing that i'm most concerned about is always pitching like when guys are pitching i feel good i think in general i feel good because Max Freed and Spencer Strider, who are both pitching today in split spot games, which I also think are really cool, but we'll go and we can go into that later. I think in general, those two guys are pitching and they look good in their first outing. I feel confident that they're going to continue looking good because they're two solid steady pitchers. Um, the rest of the rotation, I'm not as confident in Ian Anderson struggled. Bryce Elder looked good. Um, yesterday and he looked bad in his first outing but i expect some of that because it's spring training and guys are kind of working through stuff and none of these games matter so if you want to go out there and lay an egg it's fine because it's not gonna matter in a month so i'm i mean guys aren't getting hurt so that's a good thing so i feel good about that what about you what are you thinking um, a, a couple of things. Uh, it just with the new rules changes, it feels it feels like spring training is whose line is it anyway? Where <laughs> yeah. there are no rules and the points don't matter. Um, is essentially it. Uh, a, a few things. Uh, no shift has been very nice. I know we'll get into our standouts later, but I think that's mm-hmm. going to bear some much better productivity for the important people. Um, did you see the Red Sox? And their 
their defense against Joey Gallo. I did. That was weird. That was really weird. It was so weird. The, I didn't the get to see how it shift. played out, though. Did you see how it played out? Or did oh, you he, just... They walked him. Oh, no, that's boring. <laughs> <laughs> they had this whole big setup. They had... Uh, oh, I forgot who was out in the outfield, but they had their their left fielder was in left center. Uh, their center fielder was in right field, and their right fielder was up mm-hmm. in the grass, but not quite in the infield. So the infield was not shifted, which, mm-hmm. according to the letter of... The law is exactly what they need to be doing, which mm-hmm. on one hand, I have to applaud the team for getting creative. But I got to tell you, with 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 that shift on a Braves lineup where for the most part, they can spray the ball all over the field. Mm-hmm. If you get that ball over anybody's head or in either one of those gaps, <laughs> that's an it's... easy three bases. I mean, yeah. like jogging. Right. Um, well, and even like Michael Harris is more or less a pull hitter. If he flicks it to left field, he 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 has a chance at a at an inside the park home run just because he's fast enough. I mean, you hit it into the gap, he can get a triple. You hit it in the gap where nobody is intentionally hanging out, you're in trouble. Or what I wanted to see is, okay, so let's say you hit it down the left field line. Who's chasing that ball? Is that the center fielder's ball? Or is that the third baseman's ball? Is the third baseman running all the way to the wall to go pick up a fly ball? Are we looking at Little League or, like, Rec League baseball where guys that are nowhere near the ball are just chasing it while the other guys run around the bases? Like, this is bad. I mean, I don't care. Um, I don't want the Braves doing it. That's the last thing I want to see is us looking stupid, chasing down a ball deep in the left field corner. But I think it's going to be interesting. I I mean, I don't know. I'd imagine you probably wouldn't do it on Harris. But if you've got a slower player who is a pole hitter, like imagine like a Ryan Howard type. Like Ryan Howard was not running around the bases like that so that's a guy that you could probably afford to cheat like that whereas like the spat the fast pull hitters you're probably not going to mess around with that so i don't know i feel i think it's interesting i'm really curious and i can't wait till somebody gets owned by that rule but in general i think it's a creative way to work around the rule until it gets outlawed next year few things in life could probably give me more painful sphincter cramps <laughs> than imagining a world where the Braves did that shift. And I have to watch Marcel Ozuna of the oh. Braves chase down a ball in the left field corner and manage to throw it in with an arm strength to get it to the third baseman to then get it to home plate on anyone with any sort of speed. Yeah. I mean, by the time he gets to the ball, mm -hmm. let alone his arm strength, Marcel, if you're listening, sorry, but everybody knows it. (laughs) Yeah. And then to, to, to cut it off and get it in, I just, you know, a a guy with even above average speed, if he gets out of the box fast enough, especially a left-handed batter with slightly above average speed, he's around in second before Marcel even gets to that ball with any sort of momentum. I mean, you, you are looking feasibly at what could be an inside the park home run to the left fielder. Mm -hmm. It just boggles my mind, but you know, it's the Red Sox. So what are you going to do? Yeah. I think, 
I mean, I expect some of this in spring training because where else are we going to try this? Like, let's go. Let's get, let's get weird. What would be interesting is, okay, in that scenario, ideally you move the left fielder into right or into that short right field spot. But is that going to be allowed? Are you going to have the full 15 seconds of the guy throwing it or of the pitch clock to get the guy over there? Like, how does that work? Are they going to allow, oh, the outfield shifting, give them an extra 10 minutes? Like, um, or are we stuck with, because if we're stuck with left or with Marcelo Zuna being the center field, like Rover guy, we're in deep trouble. Cause I like, it makes sense if you've got Michael Harris and Ronald Acuna as kind of your left center and right center guys. But I mean, I hope we don't see a lot of Marcelo Zuna in left anyway, but even if it's Eddie Rosario, hey. neither of those guys are guys that I want patrolling left center field. Like I, that, and I think that's why I don't anticipate the Braves doing it because they've got athletic outfielders that I don't know. It's going to be really interesting, but I guess if a team is beating us up, we could mess around with something like that, but I don't want to see it. I, I mean, remember how angry Max Fried would get when they would shift on him and then it would get hit through the shift. Like, imagine how pissed off he would be if they hit the ball in the left field and now he's given up a given up a triple or a home run. Would he be mad enough to sign with the Padres <laughs> in free agency? Probably more mad, more likely to sign with the Mets, the way they're throwing out money. That's true. I don't know. He's everybody seems to think as a West Coast guy that he's a lock for, you know, the Padres, the Dodgers. The Angels, if they ever decide to get their act together, I'd yes. be. So, it'd be interesting if he signed with the Angels. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, I'm always if guys are going to leave the Braves, I'm like, well, sign with the Angels because I'm not afraid of them, and then I get to see them a little easier. Whereas at least if, when they signed with, like when Freddie signed with the Dodgers, like oh, man, now I got to deal with you. Whereas if you go to the Angels, then it's like, oh, cool, I can watch you for cheap. Yes, and I'm not afraid to sit in the outfield bleachers when I buy a ticket. Oh, my gosh. That is the most overrated thing. Like, you're <laughs> fine. You're fine. I've been to a lot of Dodger games in my life, usually dressed in Braves gear. And we went to a Braves-Dodgers that's game right. That's right. Shoot, that was, that's been a minute. And um, I was but, not afraid for my life. So Yeah, you're fine. Like, as long as you don't make yourself an, make yourself a target, you're fine. Um, But it's fun. But, yeah, I think, I mean, in general – Spring training has been fun. Guys are hitting, which is cool. Um, kind of the random bum guys like Luke Waddell and um, it's the Luke Eli Waddell White show, baby. Guys like that. It's like, okay, I see you. Like, go make that roster spot. Like, go prove yourself. Like, before this spring training, if I asked you who's Luke Waddell, what would you say? Uh, like, probably you know a country music was? artist. Yeah, he sounds like a country music artist or your accountant or something like that. So good, good on you. Could you imagine an accountant with the name Waddell? Sure. Totally. The marketing opportunities with a name right. like Waddell to be an accountant. Luke, if you're listening, we found your side hustle. If you don't make the roster, there you go. Exactly. But, but uh, exactly. yeah, like, I mean, it's like, it's cool to see these random dudes who are like, okay, like, I didn't know we had a guy named Forrest on our team. Like that first game when they sub Ronald Acuna and, it's like F wall. I'm like, is John wall playing baseball? Because that's the only wall I know. And then I look at him. Like, oh, that's definitely not John wall, which makes sense. Cause he's a basketball player, but still 
I think it's cool. I it's it's always fun seeing guys you're like, oh yeah, I haven't heard of that guy. I'm kind of bummed to see that Victor Vodnik sucks right now because he's a guy that I've been excited about since he was drafted. And I always thought he'd be a starter, but it makes sense that he's a reliever because he's short and he's always hurt. But he has struggled this year. I mean, this year. He's had three outings, but he's struggled. And that makes me sad because I was really hoping that he could be an impact. And he'll definitely not make camp or break camp, but he could be, he could find himself in AAA. And if he hits in AAA, it's not going to matter. None of this stuff matters. So that's good. But I'm bummed to see him struggle because I've always wanted more for him. And I don't think that this has been his best showing. Yeah. Um, it has not been fun to watch Victor Vodnik pitch this mm-hmm. spring training. Um, Dylan Dodd, however, it looks really good. Very fun to watch. Yeah, he's been really good. I I think that's super cool. Um, we needed I every year, or let me rephrase this. When there are when you've got a team that's where the Braves are and no farm system for the most part, guys are gonna have to prove themselves and show, hey, I'm good enough to be a starting pitcher or I'm good enough to make the big leagues. And it's in those kind of barren farm systems where you're like, oh, hey, I didn't know about that guy. Or, oh, hey, I didn't know about that guy. Whereas when you've got 10 guys that are all in their like MLB top 100, um, it's harder to notice who's good and who's not. So I think it's cool because Dylan Dodd's going to get a real chance to show people like, hey, like, I don't know about you, but I have just as good of a chance at winning that fifth starter job as anyone else. And if Ian Anderson and Bryce Elder don't want it, I'll take it. Like, I think that's sick. That's so cool. It's also very disappointing when you consider that Ian Anderson was once a major player in a World Series run. And hey, for whatever at least we reason, we don't have to give back the World Series. No, we don't. But man, to to see Ian not now one week in spring training, I just mm-hmm. would like to see that third pitch matter. Or the because... second or the first pitch. He was getting crushed on his fastball and his curveball, too. Yeah, but when you're just a fastball changeup guy and those are the only pitches hitters know you can throw, Mm -hmm. that means anything low is going to be slow Mm -hmm. and anything else is going to be fast. And so it's... Yeah. the, The mental aspect of that is not hard, and that's where guys get shelled. Mm-hmm. is when you when you can't have a viable third pitch like a slider you know that runs across or, or a curveball that just totally throws off the weight and the timing so yeah. we'll we'll see i mean he may come around it may it may take a year it may uh-huh. i mean it takes time to develop a good pitch out of the blue so we'll mm-hmm. see um but i'm not excited about any of our real legitimate fifth starter options right now yeah, it's not great. It's not great. I think, I mean, we're early enough in all of this to where if there's a guy, like, remember the year that the Braves picked up Anibal Sanchez, like, at the end of spring training? And he, I mean, I thought he was done when we picked him up, but he had, like, two or three years after that. So it's like there's always a chance that there's a guy who gets cut and the Braves are like, hey, let's bring him in here. Let's see what he can do. Because at this point, nobody has run away with the job to say, oh, that's the guy. So it's it's still conceivable 
that they go and they grab a guy off the scrap heap and who knows, maybe, maybe he can do something. So I think there's still time, but, but you're totally right. Like it doesn't, they haven't, there's nobody, nobody's proven, proven themselves. Nobody has said like, Hey, I'm going to be that guy. It's instead it's been more of, I'm not so sure about this group. So if you had to break it down this spring so far in a week, who has been mm-hmm. your position player standout and who has been your pitching standout? Position player standout for me, I'm going to say Von Grissom. It's because he's hitting. And that was, I mean, he had a rough end of the year. And the fact that he's come out and said, hey, I can hit. And on top of that, I haven't seen any errors. He looks clean in the outfield. So it's like, all right, all right. Like, I don't, I don't have too high of expectations where it needs to be a gold glover or needs to be a superstar, like field the position, catch the balls that are hit to you hit enough to keep your bat in the lineup. And that's cool. Like I can work with that. So that's someone who I'm excited by. And that's someone who I've been mostly impressed by. What about you? Uh, I'm going to start with pitching. I think it's Dylan Dodd. Uh, okay. I'm excited uh, to see a guy with real, an, another guy with real whiff potential to step up. And, and mm-hmm. show that in his first spring training with the team. I mean, he got, he got drafted, what, how many mm-hmm. months ago? Six? Something like that. Math. Yeah. There's something like that. Was so, he this draft? Was he this I'm pretty year? sure was he, he was before? this past draft. Or oh he might have been the year before. Recent. I think he was I think he's the year before, but even then. Still. Like, well, and the other thing is, he could have been in the most recent trade, the one for Sean Murphy, but they held on to him, which is – like big feather in the cap for Alan, Alex Anthopoulos. Like I was listening to, I fall down these rabbit hole podcast podcast rabbit holes where I'm listening to like A's farm system breakdown because A's farm system breakdown is actually Braves former prospect breakdown. And they're talking about, well, Christian Pache hasn't hit and he's out of options and um, J or Cusick hasn't done this and Estes hasn't done this. All the guys that we've sent them struggled last year. And it's like, oh man, that's sad. Like I liked all those guys, but it's interesting because the Braves clearly knew, Hey, we've got this Harris kid. That's going to be pretty good. Let's try and send out Pache. Oh, Hey, we've got a catcher that we like and we can get another catcher. So let's send out Langoliers. Like they clearly knew what they were doing when they made those trades. And that makes me feel really good because when we do trade someone that I like, I'm like, they know something I don't know, and that's okay. I've had to learn the hard way to trust Alex Anthopoulos. Um, I did not like sending away William Contreras because I thought mm-hmm. he was future DH material. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, considering that we were getting another catcher back, and uh, Travis Darno will probably move more into a permanent DH role mm-hmm. this year, next year. I think this is the third year in his contract. That sounds so I think right. this is his last year on mm-hmm. his contract extension. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, sorry, it's his, it's his second year on the contract. He's got a third-year option for next year, I believe. Um, that sounds right. So I think I think it was it was good. Um, but, yeah, no, it's hard to see guys that you like um, that leave. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad we held on to, to Dodd. And then my position is tied for two, both outfielders. One, I think, is Eli White's world and everybody else is living in it. <laughs> um, he has just been fun to watch. You watch the highlights, you watch his approach. He is just like, he's hustling. He's a, he's got the dog in him. That's like, good. 
you know, I think the Rangers just didn't even tender him was just like, get out of here. You're fine. Um, to come into camp and, and to do what he's doing um, when we're looking for a, that fourth, fifth outfielder with some speed, with some defensive substitution type stuff. Plus the guy can clearly hit. Mm-hmm. Um, he hit a dinger. Now he's not a power guy. He had like three home runs, I think with the Rangers all season, but um, guy that can put bat to ball with some speed on yeah. this team, I think is huge. And then tied with him, Justin Dean. He does look good too. He's always been the guy where you're like, we, the defense has never been an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the, uh, uh, I think people online and some forums were joking about how stacked the, uh, I can't remember if it was Mississippi or if it was the Stripers. The okay. defense was when you had a, okay. a Pache in center, you had huh. Dean in left or right, and then you had Waters out there playing whatever huh. other outfield position. That just, the, the defense was outrageous because justin dean is a great defensive outfielder yeah um, it was just the bat yeah he just couldn't put the bat together and now we're watching in camp mm-hmm. you know he's got some some hit for average ability that's showing up so when you look at a guy who i mean when you've got marcelo zuna swinging for you know defenses and, and missing every time and you know i don't know what uh i haven't seen a ton of eddie rosario's ab's this spring, but I think fine. he's been, he's he fine. looks fine. He looks, he looks like you know. a capable hitter. I think what he does in the world baseball classics going to be telling because he's going to go and he's going to get regular bats and meaningful at bats. And you're going to get a snapshot of, okay, what does this guy look like? Like I, I wish that Ozuna could have been on the Dominican Republic team just so that we could get an, a regular at bat in on someone else's team. Then if he sucks, it's like, oh, sucks for you guys. But instead, he's on our team, and now we have to deal with it. But I, I'm excited that Rosario is going to get regular at-bats in – I mean, hopefully regular at-bats. It's going to be a shame if he's on uh, coming off the bench. But I'm excited to see what he can do because otherwise we're in some trouble in the outfield. Not, th- yeah. let me, not that bad, but, like, we need more than two guys out there. But I like Eli White. I like that there are guys that are doing something because that's going to allow – give them options. I Yeah, I think Eli White plays or is playing with an edge and that mm-hmm. chip on his shoulder, and I think that contributes and helps, which I like, and I like that. He's got that dog in him, and he just – he wants to play, and I think those are the kind of guys that Anthopolis and Snicker look at and – you know, put in the clubhouse and and put on the bench and say, hey, you know, obviously you're not going to be playing every day, but there are going to be spots where we're going to need you. You know, mm-hmm. if it's bottom of the ninth and we're up by one or two, Iglesias comes in and we need a defensive replacement in left field, uh, you oh, know, you bring, White's, bring your glove, bring the glove, bring the speed. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think I think he's that he's that guy. If he continues to show out now, if he tapers off mm-hmm. and if he starts to really implode, I think obviously, no, not the guy, but yeah. um, I think if you're assuming Ozuna makes the team because of his contract, which I think is inevitable, um, you've got Rosario on his contract and looking for a bounce back here. Mm-hmm. Realistically, you're looking only at maybe one more outfielder. 
um, yeah. at most. And so I think if, if white tapers, I think Justin Dean is the guy that they throw in there. Cause I haven't mm-hmm. seen anything from Hilliard. I haven't seen anything from Luplo mm-hmm. um, or any of those guys. Kevin Pillar's been okay. I yeah. haven't seen Luplo play. I'm, I'll look closer, but I don't remember seeing his name. He might be working his way back from something. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But Kevin Pillar's been out there. Um, I would love if the A's decided we don't want Christian Pache to bring him in because he's going to do all the same things that Eli White has done, but he's got a prospect pedigree and to bond with the team and he's going to make my heart feel happy. So he would be my dark horse of, hey, let's go get that guy. But that's probably not going to happen. Like, I'm not going to get my hopes up for that because that's not happening. But that would be fun. That would be fun. I mean, it, it would kind of stink because, you know, he's never going to be that guy with the bat at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's yeah. had enough major league ABs to know not going to be that guy. guy with the bat. But I mean, at the same time for Pache, if he can, you know, if he can accept it, he could be that go to name for himself or like, I'm the fourth outfielder. I'm the guy that comes in and, you know, defensive replacement where that's my job or, um, you know, I'm the guy coming in to steal a bag at the end of the game to give us a chance. You know, I think he mm-hmm. can do that. I think it just depends on if that's what he wants to do. Yeah. I mean, from what I remember, he was never a huge base stealer to begin with. So I would imagine he's probably still got things stacked against him, but if he clears waivers, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him, but I, I mean, there's no way that every team in the big leagues lets him go through, I think, no. which is good for him. Um, we're more likely to wait for someone to non-tender him and then grab him at that point. But who knows? Who knows? Get him for free. All right. So now with World Baseball um, right around the corner, we I think we've got our first game next week. What are some of your – let's go through each bracket and then we'll pick two winners. So I'm going to give you each pool and I want you to pick your two teams that are going to move forward and then I'll do the same. And then we'll kind of try to – project out to who we think is going to be the finalist. So t- pool A, Chinese Taipei, otherwise known as Taiwan, the Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. Who do you think out of that group? Wow. Um, I think first I'm going to go with Netherlands because safe bet. last show they were my dark horse for making a deep run. Mm-hmm. And I would sound like a complete hypocrite if I didn't. <laughs> It's um, all right. Nobody I like their, remembers. I like their team makeup. Um, Plus, at the same time, people got to listen to the first episode to know that you're a hypocrite. So, shh, that's, don't tell that's them. true. That's true. Shh, don't hit them. Um, <laughs> and man, I, I'm torn a little bit between Cuba and Panama. Um, but I might, I might lean Cuba. I think that's probably my same pick. I think Netherlands, they just have major leaguers that have done this before. Veterans, a veteran team. I love, I'm so excited to watch the infield makeup of the Netherlands team mm-hmm. because you've got like all shortstops. And it's like, okay, so which shortstops playing first? Which shortstops playing second base? And I think that's really interesting. And I think Cuba is going to be good because Cuba has been playing through the winter. And they're mostly guys I've never heard of, which means they're Cuban players that are good at playing baseball. Um, There's also like random players like a long time ago, the Dodgers signed Eris Bell Araue Barrena, and he was a shortstop with like 20 letters in his last name. 
Mm-hmm. I am super excited to see what he can do in, I don't know. I'm just excited to see him do something because for a long time, he was kind of a meme before memes were a thing. And I'm excited. Okay. Pool B, Japan, Korea, Australia, China, and the Czech Republic. I like Japan. Safe bet. Is Shohei playing for Japan? According to the roster, he was. Okay. Then, yes, I'm going to go with Japan. And then my the other options, I, I haven't looked at the pools, so I'm kind of doing this blind. But you said it was Japan, China. Japan, China, Korea, Australia, Korea, and the Australia, Czech Republic. And the Czech Republic. Ooh. Um, can I vote for Japan twice? <laughs> <laughs> Not for this exercise, but I get where you're coming from. No. Um, I, so Japan, China, Australia. May, hmm, maybe Australia. I would I think, I, you know, they're, I just, I don't know a whole lot about Australia's baseball system, but I mm. do know. The, a number of relievers, decent high leverage relievers have come from Australia and I haven't seen the roster. So I think probably Japan and down under. All right. All right. For me. And I think China and Korea are going to be interesting because they both have their own baseball leagues that none of us know anything about, which means they have players that none of us know anything about. And so that'll be fun. But uh, so I'll put my vote with Japan and Korea just to be different. Okay. Hmm. Types or pool C USA, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, and Great Britain. Um, USA, because I am a patriot um, <laughs> and I love America. USA, Canada, Mexico. Mm. I, you know, I think Mexico could be interesting this year. I do. But I think I'm going to go USA and Canada. Okay. All right. Freddie leads the charge and they get out of the first round. I think so. I think so. That would be cool. That would be really cool because, I don't know, I'd like to see Freddie do something um, for a team. As if he hasn't done anything already. Yeah, that bum. He's he's terrible. (laughs) He should just retire. He should just retire. Seriously. Um, I think, I mean, my only issue with the USA team is who is on their pitching staff? Like Kershaw dropped. Like there are guys dropping, and I think the USA team is going to struggle with how motivated are their guys? Our guys, I guess. I don't know. I I always struggle with this because I'm half Puerto Rican, and so part of my heart wants to root with Puerto Rico. So, whatever. Um, but I think the USA USA is going to be good. Mexico is the team that I'm really interested in, interested yes. by because they've got a series of regular major leaguers plus Julio Urias who's going to lead their pitching staff. So I think uh-huh. they're going to be really interesting. So I will pick They'll be balanced. Mexico. Oh yeah, for sure. And in even Mexico. I was looking at their I was looking at their coaching staff. They've got so many random dudes like Vinny Castilla, remember him? Yeah. He's an assistant coach, Benji Gill who I remember from the 2002 Angels which I watched way too closely. I think it's going to be a really interesting group. Okay, pool D. Oh, and actually in Back going back to see Great Britain, apparently they had to beat France and like actual people to get into this tournament. So go Great Britain, even though I don't think any of their guys, oh, there might be a couple, but like most of their guys are from other places. That's cool. Okay. Dominican or Pool D, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, Israel, and Nicaragua. 
this is gonna be a this is gonna be the bloodbath. Mm. This is gonna be the the bloodbath pool. Um, I so I it's hard to go against the Dominican. Mm-hmm. I just think they're stacked, and honestly, it it probably won't happen. But in my heart, I want it to be Venezuela because I want Ronnie to lead the charge on that. I know he is. He was disappointed when the Braves medical staff told him that he wasn't going to participate. And when they checked him out, evaluated him and changed their minds and allowed him to participate. I think now that he's excited about that, I think the Venezuelan team is excited about that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would like for it to be the Dominican and Venezuela. Um, So I'm going to go with that pick. I'm going to go with those two. You know what? Uh, Dial it in. Those are my picks. Okay. All right. I was really hoping that you wouldn't pick Venezuela so I could pick Venezuela and seem like I knew something. But ah, okay. that's probably well, the right... to Puerto Rico. No, no, because... no, 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 no. I'm not I don't I'm not convincing you out of your pick. I think those are probably the two I mean, any three of those. You can't you're not gonna look bad. I think the the Venezuela team is they're just fun. And then yeah. got Miguel Cabrera and his like however old he is, and like I think they're gonna be a really interesting team. And I think Puerto Rico's got some like decent starting pitching and just in general, a balanced team, which is always really good, but I'm going to go, Oh gosh, you know what? Let's go Puerto Rico, Venezuela. Sorry. Oh man. And then next year they come back with a, with a vengeance and they're going to win the whole thing because they will have been embarrassed. But this year, my votes with Puerto Rico and Venezuela and Venezuela. So bold. Yeah, I just that Dominican team looks so stacked. They're stacked, but that um, is the one team I did see, and I went, "Woo!" Yikes. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're loaded. I mean, Manny Machado, um, who's the uh, freshly extended Manny Machado? Yeah, yeah whatever. Um, I have thoughts on that too. I just <laughs> apparently I just hate Dominican <laughs> players because I don't like Juan Soto, and apparently I don't like Manny Machado. Um, and I'm picking them to lose. So that's fine. Come it's at let me. your let your bias fuel <laughs> your picks. I think it's not that we don't like them. I think Soto is overblown because of his bat. I that oh yeah, offline. I sent you that video mm-hmm. of their first or second game where he absolutely drops <laughs> a routine fly ball. Mm-hmm. I just I think that to me just sums up the whole. Juan Soto is a is a DH who's trying to play left field, and Manny Machado is just he just doesn't care. I no. I mean I thought it was hilarious. He goes up there in the first or first or second spring training game, and he gets rung up for not being in the box yet. And he's like, "Well, I'm gonna have a lot of those because I'm like, come on, dude, like, don't be such a jerk, don't be such a punk." So, I mean, that's just who he is. That's how he's wired. That's why people like him, I guess. I hated that guy. So, um, behind the scenes, because I've grown up out here and and my dad is a Dodger fan, I've always rooted for the Dodgers as much as, not as much as, right behind the Braves. And when the Braves and Dodgers weren't both number one teams, it was really easy to root for the Dodgers and root for the Braves. And those two didn't coincide. 
Well, now that the two teams play each other, it seems like every year, and it's like, well, the winner goes to the World Series and the loser doesn't. Now I have to pick his eye and I stick with the Braves. But there were times where I would be vividly watching the Dodgers, and Manny Machado was when he was with the Dodgers. I hated watching him play. It just seemed like every time he came up, he would strike out or he'd do something. And he's played better with the Padres than he did with the Dodgers. But I just, I can't unsee that. And so he's just the most easily, he's the easiest player for me to root against that I can think of. It's just like, it's such a punk. Like, I just don't like rooting for him. So I root against him. This may be a hot take, but the best decision the Baltimore Orioles ever made was relieving themselves of Manny Machado. And that phrasing is on purpose. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, 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 he's, I mean, he's really good. He's a talented player. I just don't like him. I think he's a bad dude, but I've never met him. So whatever, what do I know? See, I don't think he's really good. I, I think he's above average. Yeah. I think he's just really good at being above average. You know what bothers me about him is he's that kid that you grew up with who was way better than everybody else, but didn't care. And so he didn't maximize that talent. Now, thankfully for Manny Machado, he has showed enough care to be really good. But all I, I get like, oh, you're that guy on the field that like, knows you're good and so you don't have to try like when he can flick his wrist and the ball is a perfect strike to first base or when he can casually walk up to walk into the batter's box and then launch a home run you're like dude stop like you're making us all look bad you're making me feel bad but you know what hey if it works it works and at least he doesn't play here anymore or i mean not here but like at least he doesn't play for the braves that would there are a handful of guys over that have either come through here or whatever. Like, you know, Escobar, remember him? Mm-hmm. I've got a program Hated with him guy. on the cover. Hated that guy. Hated that guy. I remember one time I was at a, I was, I had a friend that had like, bought, like behind home plate seats at an angel game. And so she invited us or me and a friend to go to the game. And so we're sitting there and we're literally like right behind the batter's circle where they're warming up before. And so, you know, Escobar, who was playing for the angels at the time is warming up in the circle and I'm just being a jerk and I'm harassing him. I'm like, he's got all this dirt on his Jersey. I'm like, I know you're not diving for balls. That dirt's not real. You're just doing this to show. And at one point, so he's, he's doing his practice swings. He's not paying attention to me. Well, as I started yelling at him, he like turned himself and he's like swinging the bat towards me. I'm like, Oh, I'm in his head now. I'm like, okay, I see you. I know you hear me. And then he popped up to first base. I'm like, yeah, I see you. And I'm yelling at the guy I'm like, Oh gosh, get me out of here. Kick me out. But um, this is why you don't give people like me tickets like that, because I don't need to be that close to the players. I'm just going to turn into a jerk. But um, I just never liked that guy. Like he was one of those people that just wanted to look like he like he was trying hard, but he never was. And that bothers me. I want a guy who's going to work. For all the praise heaped on Manny Machado, you know, the one thing people don't talk about hustle, his hustle and his mm-hmm. work ethic. Exactly. He doesn't need to. He's really good. But imagine, imagine a world, a parallel multiversal dimension where Manny Machado actually develops a work ethic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, could you imagine 
Yeah, he'd be Barry Bonds or Mike Trout. But maybe that's why he's never hurt. Because Mike Trout works hard, but he's always hurt. So maybe he that's the secret. Stop trying. You hear that, Cal? That's the secret. We got to stop trying, and that's what's going to make us good at our jobs. Try telling that to your wife. That'll that'll that one'll go over real well. Like babe, for science, I will let yeah. you know. <laughs> You're I like, will let babe, you know how that goes. Decided that I'm not working hard at my job because all the best baseball players are not working hard, and they're really good. And I don't like that. I don't like this take. This isn't. I'm taking that take off the off this podcast because too late. I, want, I like baseball too much to start slandering baseball. <laughs> well, you're not slandering baseball. Just Manny Machado and any of yeah. the other the any any of the other loafers. Now, but here's the question, though, right? We're talking about loafers and not trying and work ethic. Mm-hmm. Where do where do the three true outcome guys? fall in that category and i know we're totally going off script but mm-hmm. i look at a guy like joey gallo where mm-hmm. i'm like you get a walk you get a strikeout or you hit a home run and mm-hmm. that is it is that loafing coasting or otherwise not trying or is that just his Ooh. game I, you know what's, what's what's frustrating about joey gallo is he's athletic like he has won a gold glove, if I'm not cor- not incorrect. He's got plenty of skill to do other things. And so it's frustrating that he, I mean, if a guy like that could hit a double, he would do so much more to his market because he can't, he's not just a home run hitter. But if all you're going to do is hit home runs and walk, like you're, min- you're minimizing yourself. So for him, in his case specifically, it's just kind of frustrating. Like, I'm glad he's not. Brave because that guy would bother the heck out of me. But like I imagine like Adam Duvall. Like Adam Duvall is definitely a power hitter, but power doesn't have to be home runs. Power can be doubles to the gap, a hard hit single that um eats up a shortstop. Like stuff like that can be good too. And especially without shifts. I mean, Joey Gallo, he's got an interesting situation because they're shifting on him anyway. But um, I don't know, it makes me sad. Like I I feel for that kind of guy. But that's because he can play defense and he runs and does stuff like that. And his name's not Manny Machado. So good for him. I really wish we had brought Duval back, but I'm glad we didn't pay him what the Red Sox are paying him. See, I did not. I was glad to see him go because we got that year out of him. That was the year that we won the world series. And I said, thank you. And I figured he'd be gone. And he came back and he struggled last year. So it's like, okay, we've already tried this. Let him go to the Red Sox. But he Sox. also got hurt. Yeah, but he was not good before he got hurt. I mean, I know Ozzie. he was trying. Oh, yeah, well, I, we have him. I, I trust Ozzy to bounce back. <laughs> Whereas, oh gosh, I like Ozzy. That's, I mean, I like Duvall too, but Duvall's older and it was time to see him go someplace else. That's fair. Um, if you had an X factor for this season on a bounce back player, mm-hmm. who is that for you? Hmm. I mean, I want to say Ozzy. I think Ozzy is probably the safest bet for guy who our expectations are low and can exceed those. Um, can my X factor factor just be Ronald Acuna because we haven't seen him be an impact player in a couple of years and he's going to be that impact player? Because, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with Ozzy, but I think Ronnie's going to be really good. I think Ronnie's going to be really good. And yes, I think... 
last year coming back from the ACL tear. We can we can qualify that. Um, I'll let that happen. I this is this is not the take I want, but it's going to the to be the take I'm going to give because I think this will determine. I I'm gonna get hate even within myself for this, but I I know that if Marcelo Zuna bats up to what his theoretical statistical numbers should have been last year, mm-hmm. this is a World Series winning team. Mm, that's a good that would be really interesting. I do not believe in Marcelo Zuna. Um so I don't either. I don't either. I do not believe in him. I do not. But the numbers from last year do not lie. Mm-hmm. And so if if the actual batted balls in play average goes to where it should have been, I mean, his exit velocity was elite. His barrel percentage was elite. It's just the balls were going right to defenders. And they were going exactly where you didn't want them to go. And mm. the man still hit, what, 20, 20-something home runs last year? Yeah, yeah. So, still hit. So if yeah, if the actual, if, if the reality this year looks more closely to what the expected stats that were all on his line say they should have been last year, this will be a World Series winning team. Yeah. Because then you can rely on a Marcelo Zuna to be your DH. You can rely on then a platoon in left field that consists of a Eddie Rosario, Eli White. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, if Vaughn, if, if everybody's still high on Vaughn, I'm still, mm-hmm. jury's out. I'm, yeah. I'm optimistic. Yeah. You've got a guy like Vaughn at the bottom of the lineup who can rake. The dude's batted ball and bat-to-ball skills are great for a guy being 22 years old. It's just the defense that's the question mark. But he's got Mm -hmm. base-stealing ability. Mm -hmm. And so all that's going to do then with a Ronald Acuna at the top of the order is say, well, we've got a base-stealer on the base paths, so – we've got to throw fastballs and we know what Ronald Acuna does to fastballs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just Pablo Sanchez is the crap out of them. <laughs> okay. Who do you think has a better on base percentage, Ozzy or Von Grissom at the end of the season? I think Ozzy, I think Ozzy is okay. going to be the bounce back guy. I okay. just, I, I think even with Ozzy having the bounce back that we all expect, we expect him to bounce back. Um, because he's not the player he was at the beginning of last year. He just started slow. That means your one through seven is set, is mm-hmm. is solid. Mm-hmm. It's the eight, nine. That's the question mark. And to have a lineup where you've got to worry about a more – a closer to the the mean Marcelo Zuna batting eighth mm-hmm. is frightening. Yeah, he's going to be frightening. <laughs> yeah, if he can give us, if he has about, I mean, if he looks, 
even remotely close to uh, just kind of what his numbers have done. Like if he can get you 25 to 30 home runs and 80 to 90 RBIs, like I'll take that. I'll take that even at a 240 batting average. Like he's going to be but just that's, fine. That's your eight hole hitter. Yeah, that's we're in, we have small problems if that's we the have, big problem. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, we with him we have much larger problems. Yeah. But that's that's why I think if he can just get his act together, mm-hmm. um if he can care a little bit more, um mm-hmm. and if his numbers can look more average to what they have been for his career. He's not an old guy. He's only 31, 32. I mean, he's yeah. getting there. But yeah. but if you if his numbers move closer to the mean than they did last year, um, this team world, barring crazy injury, this team wins the World Series. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's why I think some ESPN insiders, some guys are picking them to win. Because even in a seven-game series, your top four pitchers Mm -hmm. of a Freed, Strider, Wright, and assuming Morton also has Uh a somewhat bounce back here and doesn't get shelled. Mm -hmm. um, That top four is as good, if not better than most other top fours. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, our, you want to talk about the night shift. Our Mm -hmm. bullpen is the graveyard shift. Yeah. Our bullpen is stacked. It's we have the best bullpen in baseball and it isn't particularly close. Yeah. Yeah, And they're just full of weapons. Like, Everywhere you look, you're like, oh, yeah, I trust that guy. Yeah, I trust that guy. Oh, yeah, he's really good. Yeah, we're in a good our, spot. Even like this lethal weapon one through six. Yeah, even the guys that don't make the bullpen, I feel good about. Like, there are guys in AAA that I'm going to feel good about. There's guys that haven't proven themselves I'm going to feel good about. Like, we, the bullpen is in a really healthy spot. And I think that's going to help if the starting pitching struggles. Like, if you have to lean on Colby Allard or um, Elder or a rookie like Dylan Dodd, like you can plug those guys in a rotation and go to the bullpen early because there's going to be enough depth that you can keep guys fresh without burning people out. Now the issue is, is we've got Brian Snicker who doesn't know how to run a bullpen in a regular season game to win the game. World series winning manager. I know. I know. I need to put more respect on his name, but whatever. I don't know. I think you're not right. I I don't disagree with you. (laughs) I think Kyle Wright is another name. That's going to be interesting to watch just because one, he hasn't pitched yet, but two, I think that what he showed us last year was that he can be a front line or maybe not front line, but he can be a heart of your rotation starter. And if he takes another step forward, I think that that's going to be huge for us moving forward. I mean, if you can have three consistent starting pitchers on a regular basis, you're going to win most of your games. Whereas, like Charlie Morton, I don't expect to be an ace. I mean, not an ace, but I don't expect him to be a high-end starting pitcher. But I expect him to give you at least comparable good to bad or more good than bad. And if the rest of your guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing, you're in good. You're in, in a good spot. Um, I feel really good about Spencer Strider. I was thinking about this the other day. The pitch clock is going to make pitchers who throw one or two dominant pitches look better because the game moves at a pace where if you already know I'm going to throw the fastball, I'm going to throw the slider, I'm going to throw the fastball. 
you don't have to think about it. you can just execute there was a a clip of a guy i think it was on the brewers who struck who struck out a guy in 20 seconds like spencer strider is going to be a machine because he throws his fastball he throws a slider and if he's just pumping fastballs and sliders past you like you already know what's coming but you got to hit it and that's the issue and i think i'm i mean that just makes me so excited i can't wait to watch him pitch he's gonna be so good I think the flip side of that is you'll see guys like Ian Anderson who could give up four runs in 20 seconds because their pitch combination is terrible. All that to say, I do think Marcelo Zuna is this team's X factor if he Mm -hmm. can figure it out because everything else is in place. Everything is there. And if your eight hole hitter is capable of hitting 240 and hitting you 25 to 30 home runs like that's that's a that's a five maybe six hole hitter for most other competitive expected playoff teams. But when it's your eight hole hitter who's doing that now, if he's doing that, he probably gets moved up closer to like six. Um, and depending on the the pitching matchup, maybe higher if he's hitting that way. Um, mm-hmm. But regardless, that means you're there is there is there's no safe spot in that batting lineup. There's no spot you can look at and say, well, at least, you know, these guys, I can I can figure it out and navigate around. You just can't. So that's yeah. that's that's why I say that. But um, my way too early spring training prediction. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? Yes. It's probably going to mess you up a little bit. OK. I think Colby Allard gets the fifth spot. That is not that is not crazy. I think. Colby Allard is probably a very safe bet. Plus, I anticipate that there's going to be an injury. I would not be shocked if Kyle Wright starts the year on the injured list just because he hasn't been able to get into a routine as quickly as some of the other guys. Allard's going to be a step ahead. And Allard has prospect pedigree where if he can show, hey, I can do it. You can trust me. He might. Give us two months of production. We're going to look back and be like, oh, shoot. Like, remember Waskar Inoa? Like, he gives two months of production that we were not prepared for. And if Colby Allen. I don't Allen think he was prepared us, for it either. I don't either. But but he did it. And what that tells me is. And look how far he's I hope he comes back. I really enjoyed watching him pitch. And he was really fun. And he'll be I really enjoyed injured. watching him hit dingers. Yeah, that was cool, too. Yeah, we don't get to watch that anymore. Thanks, National League DH. I hate that. I hate it so much. It's an abomination that we have to endure, but here we are. But at least that means you don't have to watch Marcelo Zoom in left field. True. And it means whoever, whatever team Mike Fultonevich is on, they don't have to watch him hit. <laughs> I forgot about that guy. Oof. Oh, man. Oof. But anyway, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun. I think Allard gets that fifth spot because I think they actually roll with a six man rotation. I do. They have like maybe two days off in the first 20, 25 days of the season. And that's assuming that they don't get any rainouts. Mm-hmm. So just to keep guys fresh from the beginning, I think they roll with a six man. Um, but I think Allard pitches his way into that fifth spot and it's going to be between Anderson and Elder to figure out which of the two can give you enough every uh-huh. six days to to help you at least be competitive, if not win. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't I don't think it'll be Elder. Um mm. but if if Ian if Ian can't develop that curveball or slider, um mm-hmm. I you know, I we might be looking at a situation where every six days we're just Close like well I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch the ESPN game cast. That seems much <laughs> safer for my mental health. <laughs> Every five to six days, you're hoping that the bats come alive. Do you remember it's 2020? And oh gosh, what was the name of that pitcher? We picked up a pitcher on the deadline who had no business being in the major leagues, and he was terrible. But the lineup that year was just bananas. That was the year that Freddie won the MVP and Marcel was a triple crown candidate and everyone else in the lineup was hitting. I think we played against the Marlins and scored 30 runs. But there was a pitcher that started that Marlins game that gave up like eight in the first two innings and won. Like I'm trying to remember who that was. Me too, but I don't remember. But it'll because come Oda, to me. Oda Rizzi was the really awkward pickup for year. this year. Yeah. And then, and then, twenty twenty one World Series year. I don't think we picked up a pitcher. It was all outfielders. Yeah. And then twenty twenty. Who was the pickup? Who was the trade uh, deadline guy? Twenty twenty. I know he was. He was with from the Orioles. Oh my gosh, what was that guy's name? Twenty twenty. Um, Braves. It wasn't. It wasn't Gossman, was it? No, he was. That I was before him. that. Yeah, he was gone um, already. It wasn't Cobb. No. Oh, I, I know I who you're you. talking about now. Um. Oh man. Where's that? Tommy Malone. That was yes. Tommy Malone. Man, there were some weird dudes wow. on that team. That team. Um. Tommy Malone. Shane Green. Remember him? Wow. That yes, was the I year do. that. That was the year that we signed Cole Hamels. And never <laughs> to, to play one us. game. Yeah, that was that wasn't our best decision. Sean Newcomb was still with that, with that team. Chad Sabak, I remember him. He wasn't here for very long. No, Josh Tomlin. Every, every time you saw Josh Tomlin, you're like, oh, okay, we've decided we don't want to win this game. White flag. Yeah. Pablo Sandoval. Oh, Panda. <laughs> but that was before he was the Panda. That was the year that... Um, that was the year that he was picked up at the very end of the season, made the playoff That's roster. Right. And then it was the following year where they're like, hey, this guy had a good spring training. Let's give him regular at-bats before we realized we need to get this guy out of here. Because, like, that was the funniest thing. We have Pablo Sandoval, and he he is such a fan favorite that they can't get rid of him. But he also is, like, killing the team. And they had to trade him away just to get him out of the lineup because they couldn't cut him. In his defense, though, he started that season as a pinch hitter very uh, hot. Yes. And then I mean, went 0 for 30 yeah, for like the he, rest of the months. He put up a he put up a solid bagel for the rest of his time with the Braves, which yeah, you know. But it's okay because he got us Barry Bonds. I mean Eddie Rosario. You know what? I think that's a guy that bounces back with the bat this year. I do. I do. I yeah. think he bounces back, but I don't think he's as good as his NLCS. No, nobody's as good numbers. as his NLCS. But I think I, I agree. I could like if he hit 275 with 20 home runs and 80 RBIs, that's a really good year. And I will take that. But I mean, just if that's happening, 
I mean, this lineup, there is no, there's no breathing room except maybe Von Grissom. And at that point, the the stress is if you don't get him out, you have Acuna, Harris, and I think Olsen moves back into the third hole this year. Um, mm-hmm. Acuna, Harris, Olsen, although maybe not. Riley hasn't gotten off to a great spring, but we'll, we'll see. TBD. Yeah. Um, I love watching those those balls sneak through the uh, the shift gap that are no longer <laughs> occupied. That's been real fun. Yeah. But, um. Anyways, just a few minutes left. What uh, uh, what are you expecting out of the the next week or so of spring? Who gets I think who gets cut? I think we're get, well. I don't know about cut, but I think this is the week that guys who had a rough week are going to bounce back. Like Ian's going to bounce back. I think Bryce Elder's going to continue to say, hey, look at me. I deserve to have a legitimate chance. Colby Allard, same thing. I think this is the week that people start kind of uh, – I think this is the week that people start separating themselves from the pack and saying, hey, like, I want an actual chance. And you're going to really – you're going to be able to see who's who belongs and who doesn't. I think that's what you start to see. Awesome. Um, I, think, I think Luke Waddell and Eli White continue to shine. And I think they continue to elevate themselves above everybody else mm-hmm. um, as far as potential bench bench guys. Mm-hmm. Um, unless we see a Hilliard and a Luplo show up and show out. Barring yeah. that, I'm looking at those guys. And I think I think the pitching is going to begin to separate itself. So the guys will get sent to AAA camp. Um, yeah. They just, you know, like the, the Vodniks, I think he gets sent down. Yeah. Um, You'll start you seeing, know. I mean, Forrest Wall, pleasure to have yeah. you here. Adios. Yeah. So, but it'll be fun. Um, I think mm-hmm. this week or next week, the the international teams start play with spring training guys. So that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, um, it'll be fun. The Puerto Rico. To see Jair Jurgens make a return. Oh, man. What a name. <laughs> I remember going to a game where he pitched just being in awe. Uh, yeah. But anyways, we'll, uh, we'll have to catch up next week on – uh, Braves news and all that. But for those of you listening, we appreciate it. And we will catch you guys next week on another edition of ranting and braving. We'll see you then. See ya. Bye.